All right. Welcome to another edition of Bet on Lacrosse, our 50th episode. Um, this started way back in, I believe, 2021 with uh, Doug Greenberg and Dan Newbert being the host. I was the producer. It was a traditional podcast. We put out videos and stuff, and then we've evolved since then. Um, since then, we've started doing Twitter spaces. It's a little bit easier for us to to get together. More people can hop on. Um, don't have to rely on me having to edit it and just goes out live. So happy to be bringing the 50th episode. We will. I will hopefully be putting this out in podcast form, too, if you tune in late um for every reason but if you're here listening right now then you guys are uh in for uh another good episode i got brandon biagi here and brian andrews been on lacrosse contributors and we're going to talk all three lacrosse uh going on college lacrosse nll and then pll obviously not going on right now but free agency is going on so some some impact on the futures market there but uh just to start we'll start off with the nll a little bit and talk nll futures Brian, we were talking a little bit before here. I'm kind of set with my futures, um, you know, which means I'm, you know, still looking at the futures week by week, but haven't really been as active in finding, you know, value, I guess you could say. Still post the longest odds uh, each week on my Twitter. So if you are looking to get in, um, I can tell you where you can get the best price. But um, let's talk a little bit of NLL futures. What are your thoughts on the the market right now? Well, I'm going to talk about one future because there's a couple of price disparities on the market. Uh, which it's great to know the longest odds where they are, but it's also good to know which books are overvaluing or undervaluing which teams with respect to other books. Uh, but before I do, like take what I say with a grain of salt, because my futures portfolio looks terrible right now. I was high on the Firewolves at the beginning of the season. Uh, then I thought the Thunderbirds were undervalued, but they're like hovering around 500. Can still make a playoff push, but um, a lot of teams have been disappointing that I've been really excited about in the beginning of the season. With that being said, though, the Roughnecks are on an absolute heater right now. And they have been for multiple weeks. It's not like a short-term thing. It's around like five weeks or so. They've been upsetting a lot of teams. They've been scoring a lot of goals after kind of a cold streak offensively to early in the season. Their defense is as stout as ever. And uh, they're plus 220 on FanDuel tied for the top spot with, I think, the Bandits, if I remember correctly, which makes sense because they're 10-2. and two. Uh, But they're plus uh, 1,000 on DraftKings behind other teams that have worse records than them. Like, I don't really know where the price is coming from on DraftKings. Uh, so I actually locked in a plus 1,000. So I could be jinxing them. Who knows? Uh, but I think the value is there for how well they're playing, and we're getting closer and closer to the playoffs. So if they maintain this level of play, it's going to be a great ticket to have to hedge against in the playoffs. Yeah, and, uh, you know, to that point, they're currently the second seed in the NLL. So it'd be, you know, pretty shocking for them to miss the playoffs. And that's kind of what you're looking for this time of year. Like, who's going to make the playoffs? Who's on the bubble? You know, you can find some value on teams that are, you know, kind of on the edge. But you want to be careful because if they miss the playoffs, then that's, you know, dead. So um, they're one of the teams that looks like they're going to make the playoffs barring a big collapse. And uh, I want to give a shout out to Graham Pero, who's put together on NLLstats.com a uh, almost like a you know, I, I, I'm a big fan of the NFL playoff machine, you know, winding down towards the end of the season. I like figuring out what the potential outcomes are going to be. He did that for the NLL. So this is a good tool for futures betters. If you are still looking to get in on a team, you can actually go down, you know, this, these coming weeks, fill out the results that you think are going to happen and then have a good idea of what the playoff picture could ha have, you know, and obviously you're predicting there. Um, but, you know, it gives you a better idea than looking right now at, you know what the standings are because right now you know you got the wings are in a playoff spot ahead of the thunderbirds um but you know that could change and then you also have the rush in that fourth spot and that wild card spot we could see an east team sneak in there we could see the mammoth sneak in there um so just something to know that you know you have this resource definitely uh recommend people use that if you're looking to get in futures i'm pretty set right now um just in terms of my portfolio i have uh, a, a bet on nine different teams and eight of those teams, if they win, I'll win money. Um, the ninth is the mammoth that I will lose money on, but they're right now on the outside looking in. So don't feel too bad about that one. Um, if I really wanted to, you know, secure myself, I probably could have uh, gotten in. I think they're plus 4,000 at longest right now. Um, so I could, you know, make up for that. If I really thought they were going to go for a run, I, I'm not too convinced. I do think they look better now that Ryan Lee's back in the lineup. Um, so I, I do think, you know, they're a team that I might be looking to bet on a week-by-week -week basis coming up a little bit so sooner, you know. But um, for right now, not not interested in getting a future in on them. And then similar with Panther City, they're in that third spot right now. Um, 
I just don't see them winning at all. And so, you know, I'm just not willing to kind of diminish my returns on my other bets by placing a future on them. Rather, you know, if they get past that first round, then start to talk about, you know, how do I hedge with that um, in case they do make it to the championship. But right now I'm not really interested in, in getting down on that much more than that. But uh, yeah, I, I agree with you with Calgary. That's one that big disparity in the market. Um, and that's why you always line shop, you know, with some teams offering as low as what, 800, you said, um, out there. Um, you, and then compared to you getting it at plus a thousand, I, I think there's, some other numbers out there too. I forget what the longest was. It might even be 11, 1200. Um, so definitely line shop uh, with, when looking at these futures, that's how I've been able to set myself up for success. If I was using the same book um, for all my bets, wouldn't be able to really build this portfolio. So definitely uh, make sure you're getting the best number. Any thoughts to add to that, Brian, in terms of uh, futures or should we get into our NLL bets for this weekend? Uh, I'm comfortable moving on. One thing before we get into our bets that I wanted to bring up and is that since we haven't been uh, on the air in about two weeks, one trend that I want to remind people of that we could have taken advantage of but sadly couldn't put out a show is there were a lot of repeat matchups in the past two weeks. And when uh, teams play multiple times in, or two times in a row, repeat matchups, the score of the second game is almost 70% of the time there are fewer goals in the second game. And you could have taken advantage of that in the past two series for the Bandits and Thunderbirds, which had 19 goals in uh, each game, at posting unders in both games. And then the other one was the Wings Riptide, who played two weekends in a row. The Wings had a game in between, but it's, I'm still going to count it towards the trend because you're preparing for the same team twice in a short period of time. First game had like over 30 goals, and then the second game had 23. Uh, so it's, it's a good trend to pay attention to because if the first game's total goal scored – is near or under the line posted for the subsequent week, you can really take advantage of plays for unders and get a high percentage uh, win rate for your bets. So if, you, if you're not like a savvy NLL better or you're not paying attention all the time, do yourself a favor and glance at the schedule and see if any of the matchups for this coming weekend happened in the previous weekend and compare the score from last weekend to the total. The negative score differential on average is like negative four right now. So you can expect somewhere around like two fewer goals for a lot of these games and repeat matchups. And you can take advantage of bad lines that books are posting who are not paying attention to these types of trends. So since it happened twice in the past two weeks that we haven't been on air, I just want to remind people of that because that's been a very successful betting strategy for us on the show. And I want everyone to benefit from that. But that's the one thing I wanted to touch on before we talk about our bets. No, I, I agree uh, with that. That's definitely a trend to, to look at. Um, and I'll get us started. I didn't have this in the rundown, but with a, a bet that you can look at is another trend we like, and that's the short rest trend. Um, we do have a matchup. You know, we have uh, eight games this weekend. And since there's only 15 teams, one team is playing twice. That team is the Wings. Um, so they're going to play Saturday morning and then have to play Rochester uh, at, you know, in Rochester Sunday. And, uh, that kind of buys into the short rest trend that we, we like to bet. And um, so my first bet that I'll throw out there is I like Rochester minus one and a half. It's minus two and a half on a lot of books. Um, you can get at Caesars minus one forty juice. So I like always, you know, protecting myself, even if it means laying a little bit more juice, protecting myself uh, with the better number. So yeah, I like Rochester minus one and a half to cover. I just think, you know, the, the wings have been a streaky team. Um, and last week, I think it was last week or two weeks ago, they did, you know, play a Toronto team that was also on short rest. So, you know, they both were on short rest there. So it didn't really fit our trend and the wings did end up winning. So, um, it's not like these back-to-back -back games, uh, are really new to them, but I still think that's a tough ass playing a Rochester team that, um, is looking to, you know, it still seems as good as they were at the beginning of the season. I think the defense could play a little bit better. Uh, they got into a shootout last week with the swarm, um, which obviously has some offensive weapons, but you would like to see a little bit better defense out of them uh, compared to what, you know, we were used to seeing earlier in the season, but I'll go with, that's my first bet uh, of the week. Minus one and a half Rochester, um, a Sunday matchup. Brian? I'll, I'll piggyback right off of you. I, I can't bring myself. I love the Rochester minus one and a half play, but I can't bring myself to bet it because I'm a wings fan. So I can't enjoy a game watching the wings and having bet against them. Your, um, uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but I do have a play for the earlier Wings game for the weekend where they're playing against the Swarm. 
So there's a little bit of a line disparity across books here. The total is 23 and a half on FanDuel and 25 and a half on DraftKings. And I'm eyeing this 23 and a half, you know, uh, the Swarm Wings games historically are kind of up and down. Uh, Swarm's offense is kind of on a tilt right now. The, they've posted in the past three weeks 20 and 18 goals in two of the three games. The other game was a little low scoring, but it was a repeat matchup. So I don't think it really affects their offensive proficiency. Um, and the addition of Mitch Jones has kind of revived the Wings offense a little bit. So I think this has the, the chance to be a high transition match, a lot of back and forth. Uh, high efficiency game. And I think 23 and a half is just a little bit too low. I see this game going over that line and you can get that line better. If you want to fade me and you like the under take the 25 and a half. I'm pretty sure that is on FanDuel. I said, so that's, that's my first bet of the weekend. Yeah. I, I like that. Uh, I probably won't be playing it just because I feel like the wings have been a little bit streaky and, you know, I have some other bets, um, but some other thing interesting to note, uh, I believe I'm looking here. Yeah, so the last six matchups again uh, between these two teams have been decided by one goal. So rationale there is if you're looking to bet a, a side on this game, you're better off taking the underdog because if it's a one-goal game, even if that team wins or loses, you're going to get that cover. So um, I don't know if I'm going to bet that. I, I feel like at this point um, the Swarm were a team that middle of the season they looked or beginning of the season they looked really bad and you kind of felt like okay this team is not great but they're not as bad as their record and that's kind of you know been proven over time they've played better they've been more competitive so now i feel like the the juice has kind of uh been squeezed out of them as a you know a good underdog pick and i feel like although i think they could upset the wings um i'm just not ready to like bet them at this shorter of a price on the money line or you know at plus one and a half um, you know, I just still can't get now I can't get as good a read on them, you know, where I, I really liked them when they were getting those plus two and a halfs, even the plus three and a halfs, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, and then the wings are a team that like they're just too streaky for me to kind of predict um, and bet them on a side like one one day they're you know beating the Toronto Rock. Then the next week they're losing to the Riptide by three. So it's just it's tough to kind of judge where they're at right now. Um, they're a team that could make a playoff run. They're another team that could, you know lose the majority of the remaining games and, and miss the playoffs. So um, I'm probably not going to bet a side in this, but history suggests you should bet the swarm plus one and a half, just based on the fact that these teams have had one goal games the past six weeks. Now, again, you know, this, this is this the game that breaks that trend? Probably more than likely. Cause it's a crazy trend to begin with the fact that last six matchups have been decided by one goal, but you know, crazier things have happened. So I think it's going to be a tight one regardless of uh, the outcome. Do you want to move on to a uh, uh, three and a half since I kind of teased that? Brian, I'll let you take it. Yeah. Uh, I do want to correct myself real quick. The over 23 and a half for the Wings game is on FanDuel and the 25 and a half is on DraftKings. So I, I have the over 23 and a half on FanDuel. Um, and also just to add to the craziness of that series – I think at least three of those three of the last four or something like that have all gone to OT between these teams. So yeah. like you're right. The history does tend towards the plus one and a half, but you know, how many times in a row can that happen? You shouldn't bet based off of that logic that I just presented, but um, yeah. I'm not betting aside either in that game. We're almost in we're due for a blowout. It feels like at this point, you know, yeah. <laughs> fucking it up right now. It's like, you know, that's why I'm like, I'm not betting that because it's like, I would have liked to maybe bet that trend earlier or just, you know, I mean, again, it's, it's a trend that's not really based on a lot of things. And um, it's more just the fact that these teams are, you know, just play each other tight. So I expect a tight game, but I wouldn't, I would only bet it if you feel really strongly about a certain team, as opposed to, Hey, these games are always close. Like that's not really a strong reason to bet it, but it's something I had to throw out there as a, a trend guy. It, it is interesting. But yeah, speaking of three and a halves, uh, the Warriors on DraftKings are three and a half dogs against the Seals. Uh, and we think that three and a half is a big number for the Seals to have to cover when over the past, they, they haven't covered a three and a half against any opponent since late January when they were playing the Mammoth, whose offense was like really weak at the time. You were saying earlier that Ryan Lee's back, it's giving them a huge boost offensively. Um, but on top of that, the Warriors have started to really fight back in some of these games and they've produced some high scoring games. Like they're, they've scored 14, 15 goals in a couple of the last three games. 
Um, so I think it's a big task for to ask the Seals to cover a huge number like a three and a half. And three and a half is a number we don't normally see. So this is half of a fade the Seals' ability to really run away from teams because we haven't seen that really all season. Uh, but it's also kind of a play the number because three and a halfs are so rarely seen and they're covered pretty much unanimously by the dog from the lines that we've seen. But you might be able to correct me on that, Hutton. So Warriors plus three and a half is the play. Pretty, this is pretty big. This is the, only the third three and a half we've seen in NLL betting history. Um, and it's the third this year. But uh, the last two were the Swarm, actually. And it goes to show back to the trend where, you know, playing teams back to back, it tends to be a tighter, lower scoring game. I mean, the Bandits double up the Swarm. Sportsbook saw that and like, let's, you know, make them three and a half point underdogs. And they ended up covering that spread in the uh, following game. They only lost by two. Um, then they got that, the Swarm got that three and a half again against Toronto. They only lost by one in that game. So obviously now we're looking at a different team. Vancouver, we can all agree, is a little bit worse than the Swarm, at least recently. Uh, maybe not record-wise, but I'd say talent-wise. Um, but, yeah, I think this is, like, it's just a good spot because it's it's more like you look at Vancouver's past two weeks, they've won games um, despite being underdogs. And even though they lost to Calgary, they were, you know, they put up a fight. Um, so I just think that, you know, since Aaron Bold's gone in net, it's looked like a much more stable team. And they're playing, like we said, a SEALs team. This, I think this is more of a fate of the SEALs, the fact that they've only won by four or more twice this season in their wins. Um, so, you know, and, and these games, other they did beat the Vancouver Warriors earlier this season by five. So that's something to note, and which is probably being taken into account in this line. But like I said, Aaron Bold being in net, I think gives them a little bit more stability. Vancouver's looked better in recent weeks. The SEALs, you know, haven't put teams away. Um, and I don't think it's necessarily like we're buying high on the Warriors and selling, you know, low on the seals because I think, you know, this number itself means the sportsbook still think pretty highly of the seals. So I don't think Vancouver's going to win. I think they can pe- keep it close though. I think this backdoor cover is going to be, you know, wide open, uh, throughout. So, um, yeah, I like betting the Warriors plus three and a half. It's a hold your nose play, but it's one that I think is a good play. I mean, you're already starting, you know, pretty much with the seals minus, uh, you know, three and a half here. So it's like seals are going to have to really put up a lot of goals um, to, to cover this number and they can do that, but um, they just really haven't shown it this year. Yeah. Totally agree with everything that you're saying. Uh, but we can move on to the last play, which I think is my favorite play of the weekend, even with a three and a half on the board. Uh, and that's the firewolves riptide game. The total is set at 25 and a half on DK. And I think that this line is egregiously high for these two teams, particularly the Firewolves. So I'm taking the under 25 and a half. And the reason is the Firewolves offense hasn't been producing. Their offensive, uh, their goals for average is well below 10. And the last three or four weeks has been abysmal from the perspective of offensive production, scoring as low as six and four against different teams. And teams not with the craziest defenses on the year too, like the wings they were struggling to score against and, and the, the swarm blew them out 20 to four. Like they're, they're really hurting in the offensive end of the floor. Um, but I also think that they're kind of upping their game again on the defensive end of the floor. They started getting blown out a little bit because of defensive uh, deficiencies. Like they, the, their defensive strategy was getting picked apart and they weren't making the adjustments. I think they're starting to do that. I think Dougie Jameson's getting a little bit of confidence back. And I think the only way this goes over is if the riptide absolutely wiped the floor with the firewolves and I think they're going to make sure that that doesn't happen. Uh, so short of an absolute blowout, I think this goes under. So I think under is the high percentage play here. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, you know, I, I could reiterate exactly what you said, but the only other thing I would really add to that, you know, is the fact that um, the Riptide now have a new netminder, presumably in Cameron Dunkerley. Uh, you know, he played really well last week and was able to hold um, the wings to 10 goals. And that was a wings offense that had looked pretty good the past couple weeks. So, um, I think that's something that you got to – that's why it's important to kind of look at, you know, these teams when you're betting because the sports books aren't looking that closely at goaltenders, you know. So um, we mentioned Aaron Bold as kind of like helping us, you know, decide that angle with the, the Warriors. I think Cameron Dunkerley's presence for the Riptide should provide them a little bit more uh, support defensively, um, and he gets to face a Firewolves offense, which is much worse than the Wings, in my opinion. So not that much worse, but definitely a, a significant – um, drop in production 
um, that we've seen with the Firewolves. And I think Doug Jameson looked good last week. So I'm hoping that, you know, we see a little bit more of the, the Doug Jameson we're used to this week than we, we have in weeks prior. So um, I like the under 25 and a half in this one as well. That's our uh, NLL plays, though. I know we went a little bit long there. Uh, we start a little bit late, too, because Twitter space is like stacked up every time we start. But uh, let's go now to NCAA plays. I know we got some games coming up. Uh, we're trying to get this space done before Duke, uh, UNC. I don't think any of us have plays on that. More leans. Um, uh, I could be wrong. But, um, you know, uh, that's one of the games that is coming up. And then uh, Navy Hopkins is another one tonight. So we're gonna not going to touch on Duke, UNC, since we don't have any plays on that. But Navy Hopkins, let's get right into that. I'll start with you, Brandon, since we haven't heard from you. But uh, thoughts on this matchup? So Navy Hopkins, I'll get right to it. I'm taking Navy and the points. Uh, it's five, five and a half. I believe there's a five and a half. Was it BetMGM? Uh, BetMGM has a five and a half. I actually took it at plus five. I took it earlier in the week, and then the line moved away from me. But Navy, what we're looking at is four straight losses and one in five ATS since the first game. They were embarrassed last week at Colgate. And that was their first game without Skalniak. Uh, Dane Swanson was also not in. I'm not sure of his injury status right now. But Amplo was pretty upset in the interview afterwards. Uh, I think that Navy is going to want to come home here and give it everything we got just for pride. I mean, we lost lost four in a row and haven't even come close to covering what the books think you are. On the other hand, you got Johns Hopkins, who uh, just – pulled off a, a, a straight up, an upset versus Syracuse in the dome. Uh, Syracuse was favored in that. Uh, they got a win against St. Joe's before that. And then they beat Utah 12 to four right before that. So uh, John talking or, and there's a, I'm sorry, there was a game against UVA in there too, but they're coming off. Uh, they're coming off a handful of covers here. I think they're probably feeling good after Syracuse. And I think Navy is probably pretty pissed off. And if it's a pride game, I'm taking the military academies every single time. So Navy plus five, let's keep it close. Show some pride in Annapolis. I think they got this to come within at least five. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good game. Um, I think that's too high probably of a a spread. I, I just, I am concerned about the injuries. Skalniak's injury concerns me. Obviously we saw them get, you know, demolished by Colgate last week. So I'm going to stay away from the side, but I know Brian, me and you both have a play um, on this total. And I wrote an article on action network that you guys can check out. That's out now. Um, but I'll let you take the floor, Brian, because I think we're pretty much in line with, with this one. Um, and then I'll add anything if, if I think it needs it, but um, tell the people what we're betting on instead of picking a side in this one. Yeah, we're taking the under 25 and a half, which you can find on MGM. So we're kind of betting correlated to what Brandon was talking about. And for a lot of the same reasons, um, I'm a line shopper extraordinaire this week because the total on DraftKings is 23 and a half. So this episode is the line shop advice or example episode where you got to go and find the places where the books are inflating lines for arbitrary reasons. And I think the line is so high on MGM because of the results of a lot of the Navy games this year, where they've actually hit the over on 25 and a half in a surprising number of games. When I talked to you, if I brought up Navy or any of the military academies, I'm pretty sure we would all unanimously talk about low scoring, gritty games. Navy's had a couple of games that have run back and forth with some teams. However, a lot of those games have not happened against teams of Hopkins caliber. I was low on Hopkins this year. They are playing out this year. They look great, and they're controlling the pace of the game in a lot of these games and not letting the score get away from them. Their defense is controlling the pace, and I think that's what's going to happen in this game against Navy. So I'm seeing like a 13-8 kind of game here, and I think 25.5 in particular is just way too high. So I'm taking advantage of the higher number on MGM. Yeah. And that's kind of the same logic with me. And actually there's a FanDuel out there is offering a 22 and a half. So if you think we're way off and way wrong, go ahead, bet the over, but bet it 20 over 22 and a half um, and get that number. So um, I agree with you. And you mentioned pace. I mean, Hopkins plays at the 64th slowest pace, according to lacrosse reference. Um, so that's, you know, I mean, there's only 75 teams in NCAA division one men's lacrosse. So that's like really slow. 
And then, um, like I mentioned, you know, the reason why I'm kind of staying away from the side is I am concerned about this Navy offense. They have Xavier Arline still, but um, Skalniak, you know, was kind of the the straw that stirred that drink from the midfield. So not having him is concerning to me. Um, but I do think, you know, this is a game that both teams get up for. This is a rivalry, one of the most historic rivalries. Uh, I grew up a Navy fan, so being on the Navy side, um, always rooting against Hopkins, hated when the band starts playing. Um, so I think this is going to be a low-scoring affair. I think it's going to be a, a grinded-out match by both teams. Um, and, you know, for all the reasons you said, Brian, I like it to go under 25.5. And, and if those are correlated at all, hopefully uh, Brandon will win his bets and we'll win ours. So that, that's our thoughts on the Friday night matchup to kick off rivalry weekend. Let's move on now to an Ivy League matchup. We're getting into the Ivy League play, and the jury's out on whether the, the Ivy League is uh, legit this year or not, but um, we get to see some inner Ivy League competition now between Yale and Cornell. Brandon, talk to me a little bit about this matchup. What are you eyeing on this one? Yeah, I'm not putting my money down on this one, but Cornell last week, they just got punched in the mouth by the Penn State freight train that nobody can slow down. Uh, but this game... This will tell us a lot about the character of Cornell. Like, will they rebound and play Yale tight? If they do, I'd be interested in putting a future on them. I think they could go far. If they come out here and fold, then that doesn't look as good for them. I think I would lean Cornell to bounce back. I think these are the the two uh, class of the Ivy League, but I don't have any money on it. What about you, Brian? I think this game is going to be – probably the game of the week of the week for me to watch because this is like a tale of two different teams. Uh, Yale has yet to score less than 10 goals all season and Cornell has only let up more than 10 once. So I think this game is going to come down to Cornell's defense and whether or not they can control Yale's offense. If, if Cornell can control the pace of the game, then I think Cornell has a really good chance of winning uh, or at least keeping it tight. Um, but for that reason, like it, it, it's such a coin flip who's going to control the game, I think, um, because if Cornell's close defense just comes out and they just can't win their matchups that day, they're just not feeling it for whatever reason, I think Yale runs away with it. Um, so I'm not putting any money down, but I think it's going to be the most interesting game to watch to see who kind of puts their foot on the pedal and keeps it there the whole game. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's interesting. Like it's it's definitely a game that – both teams are going to be strategically trying to control the momentum and um, it's going to be back and forth. But I was just very surprised that Cornell wasn't favored in this one. Um, you know, like I, I think it would be close, but I would have personally flipped the line and, you know, I may be off base with that, but um, I feel like this is a good spot to back Cornell off of a, you know, a loss, a 10, six loss. That wasn't great against a Penn state team, but Penn state has been good this year. They, they beat Yale. So um, I don't know. I feel like this game is going to be tight, um, but that's why I, I just I I just feel like it's a sell high on Yale, who just beat Denver team and they they played Denver played them well. Um, but you know I, I'm I'm going Cornell here plus one and a half or plus one oh five on the money line. Um, I consider the plus one and a half, but I don't like laying that much juice when I expect the team to win. So. Rather than get that, you know, goal insurance, I'm just going to ride them on the money line here on Caesars plus 105. Um, you know, like it a little bit less at minus 110, which is where it's at a, a lot of books because it's essentially a pick em. But to me, Cornell is the better team than Yale. Um, it's an Ivy League matchup. It's going to be a close one. But that's where I'm betting. I w- it's not one of my best bets, that's for sure. Um, so if you're like – if they're, people are like you guys and staying off, then no worries. You know, I, I don't blame you for that. But – it's one where I feel like it's a good spot to back Cornell because I don't think we're going to get them as an underdog much this season. Um, so that's where I'm, I'm back in the, the big red in this one. So um, that's my thoughts on that game. That's our thoughts on that one. Uh, UVA Maryland's another one where people are probably staying away, but I, again, like, I think I learned my lesson last year with Maryland and UVA were both playing each other. It was a one and a half point spread. Um, and I'm like, you know, I, I'm taking the underdog in this. This is going to be a tight matchup. Give me UVA plus one and a half. They got blown out, you know, and this is another spot where I feel like you could kind of make the same logic from, you know, reverse point of view with, hey, Maryland's going to play UVA tight. You know, it's two and a half at most books. You can get, you could have gotten one and a half at BetMGM. They've taken it down now. So two is the number on some books, two and a half at others. Um, 
but I just feel like UVA's offense is too good. Maryland hasn't really shown me much. I've liked backing Maryland as a short favorite in a lot of games um, against inferior opponents, but against an opponent like UVA that's shown to be in a different class. Um, I like UVA minus one and a half, minus two, whatever you can get. The, the thought process, too, with that is UVA hasn't been good at covering the spread this year, which is why I think we're getting this line. But the spreads that they've been given are, you know, between like three and a half and seven and a half. You know, now they're playing a Maryland team that um, I think they're, you know, better than and can, I think, you know, put up a lot of points on. Um, I like UVA minus one and a half, minus two. So um, I, I don't know what are your guys' thoughts on this one. Dude, I was waiting for this line to come out because it couldn't be big enough. I would be taking UVA alt ladders all the way up to minus, what, seven, eight and a half, something like that. So last year when these teams met, it was kind of like a question. Like, who was better? Is it UVA? Is it Maryland? And Maryland just looked like the better team. Also, they had those heartbreaking losses to UVA coming into this. They had something to prove. They go to that, uh, were they at Audi Field? Yeah, Audi Field. Yeah, they were at Audi Field. And then they, they were on national TV, and they kicked the shit out of Virginia, uh, which was actually my, I just looked on my list. I keep margins of my bets to determine how close or far I am. That was the biggest margin of, it, of victory I had on a bet last season. So Maryland kicked the shit out of them. Then they kicked the shit out of them again. And then they lose all their offensive pieces. And now Virginia gets a home game against them. This is double revenge after an embarrassing showing by UVA the last two years. They are going to run it up. I don't trust Noons in goal. I also don't trust the Maryland offense fully. So I think uh, give me UVA at whatever line you can find in that. that. That's what I'm doing. I waited. As soon as that came out, minus two, I smashed it. Yeah, I I uh I think this is you know UVA's ga- game. Um, you know what does concern me is Maryland's goalie. I'm, the name's escaping me. The rookie they started last week did look pretty good. Um, you know compared to um names escaping me to the the Binghamton guy that uh played against Syracuse who didn't look bad but obviously wasn't McEnany ca- cap- capable uh, caliber. So um that is the one thing that you know makes me a little concerned like i I don't know if i would play this at uh anything better than minus two two and a half just because the fact that weirman at the face-off stripe could you know kind of give them a little bit more of a possession advantage so that that's the one concern here where i'm not like it's not a slam dunk pick for me but you like you said uva's offense is so elite this year they're just putting up points like you know, and like you said, they're not going to let up against Maryland. Like they got like, the shit kicked out of them last year. Like they're not going to take their foot off the gas. Like they've done with some of these other teams. Like we saw Harvard with that amazing backdoor cover. Um, UVA is not going to do that against Maryland. That's just not going to happen. And although, you know, they're in different conferences now, I still feel like that uh, ACC rivalry, the blood from that is still like fresh um, just because these teams tend to play each other in the playoffs so often. And, um, even though it's technically not an ACC matchup, it still feels like one to me. Um, so yeah, I, I like UVA in this one. I'm surprised the spread was this, this short. Um, and you know, maybe I'll be wrong. We'll see. We'll find out. Maryland could surprise us. Um, cause I do think Maryland is a team that, you know, if they lose this game, I'm probably going to try and be looking to play them next week. Uh, I forget who their opponent is the following week, but I like doing that the little zigzag, but for this weekend, it's UVA for me. Brian, you staying away from this one? You know, I do have on my card that I wasn't going to talk about in this episode. I have the under 28 and a half, which I think is on FanDuel. And after a Brandon speech, I would have taken an over 40 and a half. PLL <laughs> sticks this line. So I wouldn't I wouldn't follow my play there because uh, I, I love everything that you guys had to say about it. And I'm very Virginia heavy. Um, I'm definitely – historically speaking, I'm definitely a Virginia fan. I grew up being a fan of them and I want them to win this revenge game. Um, but yeah, I, I love everything that brand, all the energy Brandon bought, brought on that, uh, on that model. I That was great. So don't tell my under, <laughs> I was just playing the number. And Brandon's telling me now that they're playing Maryland's playing Penn state. So maybe I have to reassess that on uh, not blindly play Maryland. I, I don't know. Me personally, 
Like I, I have to see uh, see a letdown from Penn State before I start fading them um, just a little bit because uh, they look legit. I, I, what are your thoughts, Brandon? If we're, we want to do a look ahead line real quick, <laughs> uh, we're on a Zoom here. Hutton seeing Hutton seeing me shake my head. No, I would love to see Penn State win another one and then run into an angry Maryland team. That would be good. Not for any like. I don't like one team more than the other. I would just love to see that dynamic. Yeah. And that's, you know, those are the spots you look for. I mean, we talked about it a little bit in the NLL, like the buy low sell high spots. So we'll see, we'll see what that line is uh, when it comes out next week and we'll see what the result is, you know, both these teams matchups this weekend, but um, let's go into bets, best bets. So uh, Brandon, I'll start with you. Just lay it out. What other bets that we haven't talked about, what are you on? Um, you know, give us the quick, uh, Sparknotes versions of, of why you like these plays. Yeah, sure. I have three. Um, one that Brian and I are both on, and Brian, you can add to this. We both took Hampton plus 15 and a half. Uh, I took it yesterday. They're playing Stony Brook. So Stony Brook comes off three non-covers and two straight-up losses to play St. John's this week. That game was supposed to be on Tuesday. It got delayed because of weather and moved to Wednesday. So basically, Stony Brook comes home off a cold streak to play St. John's, who doesn't have a win yet. That was their get-right game. That was, we are going to get right against St. John's here. That was Wednesday. Now they turn around Saturday, and they have to go south to Hampton. So we have an extra short week. They got their get-right game in. I'm hoping that Stony Brook gets out to a lead. Maybe they sit down, Palinetti and some of these other guys that our prime players here uh maybe try some new sets kind of use it as a a a rest week that you know we're going to beat hampton but hampton's a group of guys that they ain't ever going to give up so 15 and a half is a huge backdoor for that off of uh stony brook coming off of a short week so love them to cover that brian what were your thoughts on that one yeah i I saw uh kind of caveman this one i saw a big number and and press the button but partially it's because we did that with the 18 and a half for high point. And even though high point is like super offensive and doesn't have a lot of, uh, I shouldn't say doesn't have a lot of defense, but they're not known for their defensive proficiency. They're known because they can score a lot and score fast. Um, and I still took the 18 and a half and it covered by the hook. Uh, Stony Brook's offense has been much more volatile. Some games they run away with it. Some games they can't, they can't really seem to find the net. Uh, I just think 15 and a half leaves this open for a backdoor cover all day. Like you're saying, Stony, Mo- Stony Brook might bring out the twos and threes late in the game, play some new sets, you know, bring out the works, and it leaves Hampton wide open for a backdoor cover late in the game. So I I, I just think the number's too big to ignore, um, and we've had success with it in the past. And I, I honestly, I, I only threw a half unit on it, and I wouldn't even be mad if it didn't hit because you can't just miss out on something like this, I don't think. Yeah, I'd be mad or else I wouldn't have put my money on it. But uh... – the next one I have, let's think of that same game dynamic uh, with the Johnnies and, and uh, Stony Brook. They were on that short week where the game gets pushed back. St. John's gets St. Joe's next. The battle of SJU. Who the real SJU? I can tell you as a St. Joe's alum, we think we're the real SJU. When we see SJU labeled as St. John's somewhere, I'm always like, the fuck is that? So St. Joe's minus eight and a half. They're also on an L3 right now. Close one to Hopkins, one goal game. Overtime loss to UPenn. Embarrassment to Drexel. They need a get-right game. The look-ahead for St. Joe's is Duke. Think whatever you want. I don't know if those guys are in the locker room being like, yeah, we're going to get one at St. John's, then we're going to get one against Duke. I'm sorry. I love St. Joe's, but I don't think that's happening. I think they have this on the calendar as, we got to fucking get one right now. And I think uh, eight and a half, I think they can cover that against St. John's on the road. I'm sorry, Johnny's first win is not coming now. St. Joe's is going to be all over them. So I'm taking St. Joe's minus eight and a half, the real SJU quote credit me. Uh, The last one I have is uh, Jacksonville minus three and a half. They're minus one ten at Bobby Moe. Now Bobby Moe is on a two-game losing streak. But this is Jacksonville's only important game in the schedule spot. So here's what we have. Beginning of uh, mid-February, they played at high point. They won by two. Then they had UMass Lowell, St. John's, 
Robert Morris right now, circle that. Then I get Mercer and Cleveland State, even though Cleveland State might be onto something this year. But in that spot, you got a tight one against High Point. You got two games you know you're going to blow them out. You got Bobby Moe, and then two more you know you're going to blow them out. This is the game they care about all month. So I think they have this one circled. We saw Bobby Moe drop one at home against Hobart. Uh, I wouldn't read too much into the home-away dynamic with how much Jacksonville is going to be focused on this. So I like Jacksonville minus three and a half. I love that, dude. I might, I might, I might hammer that too. Fade Bobby Moe a little bit. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I like their team, but I just this is more of a play on Jacksonville than a than a fade of Bobby Moe for me. That's fair. I mean, we can get right into mine. I have uh, I only have one more after the Hopkins Navy under twenty five and a half, which I explained earlier. Uh, this one's a little bit of a Pepto play for me. Uh, as Dan Newbert would say, but I'm also going to talk about a uh, high point dog. Uh, I'm looking at Queens plus 11 and a half against Air Force, which is minus 115. So this is going to be kind of a hold your nose one. Uh, but I, I'm playing this big number specifically because I already said it earlier, but the military academy teams are not known for their high pace offenses. And they're playing. Uh, and they're playing Queens, who's a new program, and I was really down on them at the beginning. I was like, it's going to be like Hampton, blah, blah, blah. And they've been playing teams surprisingly close with the exception of their last game. And I forget who they played last game. might have actually been High Point, and they got crushed. Uh, but they've been keeping – and High Point's a team that I've already explained has like a, a super high-paced offense. So you kind of expected them to get out and ahead of, of Queens early. Um, Air Force might have a little bit more trouble doing that. Um, but even if they do – then, like we were talking about with Hampton, they try new sets, they get the twos and threes in, they get going. Queens has an opportunity to backdoor cover. 11.5 is also a large number in lacrosse to have to cover. If they, if Queens can get nine goals in, Air Force has to put in 21 to cover this number. So I, I do, I, I'm liking the big numbers, and I think the books are overvaluing some teams that have not shown that they have the offensive proficiencies that the books think that they have. So I'm I'm, I'm fading the offensive efficiency and pace of Air Force, not necessarily the talent. I think clearly Air Force is going to win. 11 and a half is just a huge number. So I, it's another one that I really can't ignore, just like the 15 and a half personally. And, that, and that's it for me. Those are my two big college plays for the weekend. But I'm probably going to get on Jacksonville minus three and a half, probably. Yeah, I'm on that Jacksonville play now, too. Um, I don't really have a best bet because I kind of went through the two. I like our UVA minus one and a half, which might be off the board. So I still like UVA minus two. And then Miss Navy Hopkins under. Um, but my EMO, extra money opportunity, which we'll go to, is uh, I like Lehigh on the money line. I like them to, to win outright against Army. Um, both teams' schedules of late haven't been, like, too impressive. Um, but I do think that, you know, you look at Army, they get that big win over Rutgers, and then they play, you know, a cake, cupcake schedule for the past four games. Um, and then you look at Lehigh, and Lehigh as well as kind of, you know, had some games against some weaker opponents, Binghamton, Holy Cross, not too great. Um, Navy, jury's out on them. They did beat Navy. And they played Cornell pretty tight. You know, they lost 12-5, so it's not, you know, it wasn't like, it, was a, it wasn't a huge blowout. They weren't super close in that game, but um, I feel like that was still a, a good, you know, game for them against a, a tough Cornell team. Um, and I just think it comes down to the fact that I think Lehigh is going to have the possession advantage. You know, I think this game could look a lot like the UMass Army game in week one where, uh, you know, Army, you know, hung in there, but they really struggled to get, develop a rhythm. Will Coletti is a great face-off guy. I mean, he's right now, I think, uh, in terms of face-off percentage in the top five. Um, and Mike Sisselberger is not too far behind him, but if you look at this matchup last year, Sisselberger went 68% against Coletti. So um, I just think, Sisselberger is going to be able to dominate again, at least enough to give Lehigh a possession advantage. Um, you know, I got Lehigh plus two and a half and then them on the money line at plus 175. It's now moved to one and a half. Um, but the money line price is still plus 165 on DraftKings. So I, I suggest just jumping on them on the money line to win outright. You know, you could also at even money, get them plus one and a half if you want on Caesars. But um, you know, if you like them that much, I just feel like the money line is the, the, play to make here and uh i'm taking lehigh outright against army which pains me you know as an army guy 
Um, but I just don't think Army is as legit as, you know, the record kind of makes them seem. So going Lehigh outright in this one. What about you guys? What are your guys' extra money opportunities this weekend? Yeah, I had I had Lehigh on my list, and I think you just talked me into it. But this is this is quite the vicious cycle of just talking to each other and spending money on these games. But uh, the the extra money opportunity I have is VMI. Uh, so they are playing Sienna at home. Sienna's off of three straight covers, and they won two of those. Now they travel down to Virginia where VMI is on a three-game losing skid. Uh, but if you look at the stats here, VMI ranks higher in offensive efficiency, face-off percentage, save percentage, and they're about the same in defensive efficiency. So you're telling me we got teams that are that VMI re- has better statistics than Sienna. They're at home. They're pissed off on an L3. And you got Sienna, who's been overachieving, uh, meaning covering spreads. Uh, recently i think vmi on the money line here i think they put one in the win column here and vmi slowly creeping up to like one of the teams i bet on like almost every week i don't know why but i just love their lines every week i know brian likes it too he's like the uh, the the maestro of the mid-major yeah but at the same time i i have stopped betting on vmi games because after the first week i was like VMI could be a little bit of a wagon and then they go to like two OT against Queens and, and then they didn't cover or they were dogs like big dogs. And then they didn't cover against teams. They really should have covered against. And I, I probably have lost like triple what I want on the first EMO of the season for me betting on them. So I've like sworn to never bet on them again, <laughs> at least for this year. Well, now hopefully I, uh, hopefully it works out better for me. But, um, yeah, the other- I would say I love major dives that you guys do. Um, you know, it, it's it's not really for me um, most of the time, but you know, there's some gems that you guys have pulled out this year so far. <laughs> yeah, we're looking for angles. Um, the other thing that I'm going to be doing, I haven't figured out how I'm going to puzzle piece these, but I have a few pieces for uh, parlays, like just money lines that I like that I wouldn't necessarily take the spread. Um, I'll go through them quick. Utah. They're one and four. They need a win bad. They're home against Bellerman, who is overperforming. Bellerman, where did they come from? Five and one. Uh, I think Utah really, really needs to win this game. Um, Loyola, I think the lines are a little messed up from those first two games that they played. Um, Johns Hopkins and uh, Maryland. No, not Hopkins. It was Maryland and who else did they play right in the beginning? Hopkins. Yeah, Hopkins was one. Okay, yeah, so they, they had two important ranked wins, and then they haven't covered a spread since. And, like, so I think the lines are a little messed up there. I don't know that I'd take four and a half, but Bucknell might have emptied the tank last week against BU uh, coming within a couple goals. So I don't know if Bucknell can turn around and do it again. I also don't know how much I want to lay on Loyola. Mary Mack, uh, they are at home against Binghamton. I just think they're the better team. Binghamton has a face-off advantage, but... I just think that Merrimack is the better team. This is the one that I don't have as much of uh, schedule dynamic or statistical insight, but I just think uh, I know that Merrimack has a 14th ranked uh, defense. So hopefully if there, there's only one good unit of the, all these teams and it's Merrimack. So I would take them there. Uh, next one, Towson, they were playing Drexel. Drexel covered for the first time ever this season against St. Joe's where they won outright breaks my heart. Uh, but so this line might be a little bit of a reaction to that. It's Towson minus two and a half. The thing that's, that uh, pushes me away is this series hasn't had a three goal game since early 2019. So I don't know that I want to pick for it to happen now. That's why I like them on the money line. Hobart. Hobart is the last one. They are playing Providence. Providence is off of two straight-up wins as dogs. So Providence is rolling right now. Hobart has flip-flops every single week. They either win and cover, or they lose and they don't cover. And if we go in the flip-flop, they're due to win and cover. So maybe some regression from Providence, and uh, and we continue with the coin flip for Hobart. Uh, I think they pick one up. I don't want to lay two for them. So that's five five teams there utah 
Loyola, Merrimack, Towson, Hobart. If you put them all together, you get plus 300. I am way too risk averse for that. I will probably put, you know, two here, a few there, that type of thing, um, with my favorite being Utah. Um, so if, another idea I just had, like, right this second, if you don't love UVA as much as I love them, maybe you take UVA on the money line and you stick it with Utah. You get some solid odds. I don't know what they are, but uh, definitely use that Utah as a parlay piece. I think they get there. And uh, so that's it. I'll, I'll put it on Twitter this, uh, well, probably tomorrow morning, whatever I land on with these, with the parlay puzzle. But um, that's what I got for this week. You could round robin them too. I don't usually round robin things, but that's another angle that you could take with uh, with these definitely. Um, but yeah, th- those are our thoughts on NCAA. Uh, real quick for PLL before we, we wrap up and uh, get everyone out of here so they can watch Duke UNC. Um, PLL future odds have moved a little bit um, in relation to free agency. Some have, some haven't. So you can go to my Twitter and you can see I, again, post the longest odds for each team. Whipsnakes are, you know, the favorites with plus 475. Water Dogs are plus 550 on Barstool. Atlas are plus 575 on Caesars. Archers are plus 650 on DraftKings and FanDuel. Chaos are plus 800 on BetMGM and DraftKings. And then Chrome, Redwoods, and Cannons are on Caesars. Uh, you can get Chrome at plus 800, Redwoods plus 1200, Cannons plus 1500. Now, I tell people that because it really pays to line shop for, you know, for these odds particularly now because BetMGM, DraftKings, and FanDuel have reacted and moved their odds based on free agency, with the Archers being the notable example where the Archers are now longer despite, you know, me personally thinking they've actually made upgrades in free agency. You know, they lost a lot of pieces, but they filled those pieces with younger or equally talented uh, caliber players. Um, and then you got Barstool about 365, and Caesars did not move these odds. So – you know, you're able to kind of get your pick of the litter depending on what teams you like. Personally, I had already gotten in on the Cannons and Redwoods in case that the Caesars had moved. Um, also decided to bet Chrome at plus 800, you know, eight to one there. And then I like the Archers just because of what the moves they made. So it may sound like, you know, I'm, you know, playing a lot of different sides, but I've done that with the NLL. I did that last year with the PLL, and that's kind of my approach right now. So don't have to follow that approach, but definitely be cognizant of where the best number is on these sports books and know, you know, that some are moving their odds right now. Some haven't. So for the ones that haven't moved their odds yet, if you like those numbers and you, you feel like that those teams have made significant improvements in free agency, hop on them now. So just a, a thought parting shot there for PLL. We appreciate everybody listening, Brandon and uh, Brian. Thank you guys for joining me. And thanks everybody for listening to another episode of bet on lacrosse, our 50th episode. We'll be back. I don't know if it'll be next week, but we'll be continuing to hop in um, and getting to work with a lot of these uh, these games. So definitely continue to tune in, and we appreciate you guys listening. Mm-hmm.